It's a bad time. This time of year. How many times is he going to tell this story? Oh, let him tell it. I love fairy tales. This ain't no fairy tale, little girl. If you don't take it seriously, you're a fool. <laughs> the first Valentine's dance in 20 years has to be something special. if you're gonna grapple with friction. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Small Town Horror with Johnny and Randy. And as always, I'm Johnny. I'm Randy. And we are excited to be uh, reviewing My Bloody Valentine, the original 1981 film. This is the first time that me and my, uh, and Randy have ever seen this film. Never. I always wonder, like every time I've seen the cover for it, what a mining guy had to do with Valentine's Day. And now I know. Right. So and th- see, I saw the remake when it first come out, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't a fan of it. I wasn't a fan of the 3D and all that. And that's why I was kind of like, oh man, if that one wasn't good, is the original gonna be any better? Right. And yeah, I think it blew it out of the park. Yeah, I've never seen the. I haven't seen the new one, so I, I had nothing to judge it against, and I've never seen this one. So, well, this is one of the films that I feel like this is why they shouldn't do remakes of everything. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know what I'm saying? Black Christmas was an exception. They definitely had to remake that one. I've uh, never seen the remake, so... We're going to have to do that next year for Christmas. Right. It was, it's, it's decent. It's not great, but it's decent. <laughs> but anyway, like I said, we're happy to be back this week's episode. Uh, and we'll go ahead and get it out of the way. If uh, you're new to the podcast, what we do each and every uh, other week, we review uh, horror films whether it's a thriller, drama, uh, what do you say, suspenseful, drama, horror. Uh, horror comedy. Yeah, or what well, I mean, Randy's been talking about, horror musical. Horror musical. We, we've got a couple of good ones lined up for you for that one. So anything horror uh, genre, <clears throat> uh, I think you guys would dig. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Breaker, Spotify, Anchor, uh, pretty much anywhere you can think of, we're on. 
And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Small Town Horror uh, with Johnny and Randy. And if we get enough followers, which our followers have been growing big time this past couple weeks on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's we definitely want to – the more people we get, the more involved we want to get everybody. So anytime you guys give us a like on Instagram or Facebook, give us a shout-out. Let us know how you think about it. And if you got a suggestion for something we may not have seen or something that we should be reviewing that we just hadn't thought of, throw us a comment on there. Let us know. Right, which the Instagram uh, – what I want to do is we're almost to 100 followers. Mm-hmm. And I think once we hit 100, which I know they don't sound like a whole lot, but, I mean, hey, we're new at this. Right. Once we hit 100, I think I'm going to actually post something on there saying, what do you want us to review? And I'm just going to leave, you know, give it a month. Uh I don't know, because we've got our lineup pretty good. And so far this year, it's turning out really good. Oh, yeah. We've got it We've got it lined up up to at least August for sure. Right. So we got some really good ones in there. We may leave one blank and then, you know, post it on Instagram. Hey, what would you guys like to hear, guys and gals? Right. So, but anyway, I guess we can go ahead and get ready to <clears throat> rock and roll on this. Uh, first thing I'm just going to say is I really enjoyed this film. I'm not going to lie, I was a little worried. Yes. And it's all because of Black Christmas. Now, I know that Black Christmas was, I think, seven years older than this one. But when you start going back that far, I, w- I was really worried. Because, I, I, you know, the graphics back then weren't all that great. I was worried that the story wouldn't hold my attention. But I was very pleasantly surprised with this one. What got me with this film was it picked up right off the bat. Yeah. And I was just like, yes. <laughs> you know, like... I love films that don't uh, pussyfoot around, I guess yep. you could say, best mm-hmm. way I can put it. I mean, it's just, boom, let's get it rocking and rolling. Right. It, it it sets the mood for what the film's going to be. You didn't have to wait. They showed you right off the bat, this is what kind of movie this is going to be, so get ready for it. So, I'm probably going to butcher a couple of these names, but if, you're, uh, if you've heard all the other episodes, you've noticed that I have a little trouble pronouncing certain names. <laughs> But My Bloody Valentine came out in 1981, and it was directed by George Mahalka. Mahalka, and it was written by John Beard. Uh, and it's starring, I thought the uh, cast was pretty good. I, I was actually really surprised. I mean, you know, you get the older acting from them, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like, there there were only a, just a couple of parts that I thought were like cheesy acting. The rest of it, I thought it was a really good job. Well, I like horror movies that, doesn't have well-known actors. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I just, I like people that I've never seen before. Right. And because I, I don't know, it's just like if you, wa- if you watch a movie and they cast uh, Johnny Depp. Right. Use him as an example. You know, you'll look for little things he'll do and you're like, huh, that's Sweeney Todd. Oh, that was Jack Sparrow. Come right. Here. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So anyway, the film uh, starring is uh, <clears throat> Neil Affleck. He is, he plays Alex Palmer. Axel. Uh, or, I'm sorry, Axel. Axel. What did I say? Alex. Okay, my bad. Axel. Shameful. Yep. I told you, here we go. <laughs> uh, Paul Kelman plays TJ. Lori Haler, uh, she plays Sarah Palmer. Cynthia Dale, she's Patty. My favorite, Keith Knight, is Hollis. Hollis Stash. As I will refer to him through the rest of this podcast, Hollis is Stash. Uh, Don Franks, yeah, he plays Chief Jake Newby, 
And Larry Reynolds is Mayor, uh, I'm going to guess that's Hanniger. Hanniger, it looks like. And a guy that I guess his parents truly just hated him, <laughs> Alf Humphreys. Humphreys. He played Howard Landers. So that's the uh, main starring cast. And Randy, you want to hit us with a summary of the film? Yeah, so My Bloody Valentine is a decades-old folktale surrounding a deranged murderer killing those who celebrate Valentine's Day. It turns out to be true to legend when a group defies the killer's order and people start turning up dead. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and dive right into it, man. Do like the movie did. Right on, right on. So, as the credits are playing, and, oh yeah, we're going to start saying this, spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> if you haven't seen this 1981 film. Yeah. Because, hey, people haven't seen it. It's the first time we've seen it. Right. So, it, right off the bat, I'm going to say that, and I know it's not something that we bring up a whole lot, I thought the, the music in this was really good. Yes. I, I really did like the music in it. Mm-hmm. And, it, I mean, I... We talked about it with Halloween, how the, the score of Halloween was so good. Right. And I don't think this was on that level. Right. But to, to some of the older movies that I know that I've seen, I really liked the way they did the music in this. You know what? I need to write that down because uh, that was one of my, when we do our review at the end, we score it. Oh, yeah. I've got something that uh, oh, came to my mind. Yeah, oh, it ain't bad, oh, man. Don't worry Lord, about it. Here we go. <laughs> Surprise. Anyway, all right, so the film opens up, the uh, credits are starting, and we see what it looks like to be two miners. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're walking through the mine, you know, the mine shaft or whatever you want to call it, and all of a sudden, which I knew one of them was a chick. I'm sorry, you can just tell by the, the physique. Right. They get to this little area, and this woman starts taking off her outfit, and she's down to her brawn panties. Blonde-headed chick, and uh, she goes to take off the guy's mask. Now, while this all this is happening, the credits are still rolling, mm-hmm. and she starts. What well, she grabs his little love. Uh, she goes. She starts playing with his hose. The first yeah. thing that came to my mind. She's grabbing his like the hose on his respirator, and she's just playing with it. It just looks really weird. Well, and in his hand, he's got a pickaxe. Yep, and. You know, you're thinking, okay, it's the the boy's gonna start or the man, whatever, is gonna start taking off the outfit. Well, she touches the mask and he shakes his head no as to not take it off, and then he slams the pickaxe in the wall. And as soon as he did, I told Randy, I was like, "Yep, he's gonna push her on it." <laughs> it was just, <clears throat> I don't know. Well, anyway, she starts stroking his whatever <laughs> his hose. You can yeah, say it, his hose. Well, yeah, his face hose. His face hose. There you go. And sure enough. She's like grabbing him and he starts breathing heavy and he shoves her on the pickaxe. Mm-hmm. Now this whole time right on her left breast she has a little heart. Yeah, a little heart tattoo. Clearly a stick on heart tattoo. Yes. Because it was not a real tattoo. No, it looked like my kids took a black and red uh, uh-huh. permanent marker and just color it in. Yep. But as soon as he jams her on the uh, pickaxe the axe actually goes through her back and comes out where the heart was. See, it doesn't actually come out. Oh, well, it, it kind of pushes, like, you can tell that like, it was getting ready to come out of the skin yeah. on the front, but it comes, <clears throat> like, right to the surface or the same spot the heart was. Which I yeah, it was really cool. It was cool. And the camera zooms into her face and goes into her mouth, and she's screaming. And then, so that right there, that happened within the first five minutes of the film. Yeah. So already I was, like, way better than Black Christmas. Already. First five <clears throat> minutes. So 
That's that kick starts it off, and then it fades to black. When it comes back, it says it's Thursday, February twelfth, and it shows all the miners down in the mine shaft, and they're all fixing to get off work. And there was so much happening that I couldn't catch anybody's name at the beginning. You just like I take notes before we do this, and I was just like. Okay, like, whoa, what is going on? Well, it was moving <clears throat> so fast. I, I guess that could be the one downfall for a movie that gets right into it because mm-hmm. everything starts happening so fast. It's really hard to catch up on everything. Right. So you don't get introduced to the characters one by one. You don't see them, You don't see this character leaving his house. You don't see this woman leaving her house or nothing like that. Right. It's just everybody is in there all at one time. So it's kind of like, I don't, I don't know, if you're, if you're one of those that really like what to be kind of slowed into it, you know, mm-hmm. and get get introduced to all the characters first. It might be a little hard for you to do that on this one. Right. But I mean, it didn't bother me because you get introduced to each of the characters and their personalities just not very far into it. Right. So, so it kind of it kind of counteracted. Well, I mean, there was characters that was at the very end of the film and, we're like, and they say his name and we're like, oh, okay, that's what his name was, you know. Yeah. Like Stash. Stash. We didn't know who Stash's name was in the whole movie. Through the whole movie. And if you've never seen this movie, Hollis had the greatest handlebar mustache I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And he was he was amazing. But yeah, he, he that's Stash. But one thing I did like about uh, the whole scene, uh, opening this scene with like the miners getting off work and they're all cutting up laughing, it seemed very legit. Yeah, it was like, like a bunch of guys. Yeah, I mean like, you know, I work at a factory. Mm-hmm. And when it's time to go home, when that buzzer goes off, and it's all of us at the time clocks clocking out, you do you cut up, you laugh, and especially if it's the last day of the week, what are you doing this weekend? You know, oh, let's go out and grab a bit. You know, it's right. just so I think it felt very real. Right. The only difference is we ain't all showering together. <laughs> so they, it shows all the guys in the shower, uh-huh. and they're all cutting up laughing. And next thing I know, it's kind of like it's kind of like a little montage. Shows them all coming out. They're all dressed clean, and they're all getting in their nice vehicles. It kind of reminded me of Grease. Like, it had a Grease feel to it. Like, when they were getting out, cutting up, jumping around on the vehicles. Kind of like, uh, oh, the three goons. The three T-Birds. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It kind of reminded me of those, the way they were acting. Like, one of the cars was an old old junker that they ended up having to push. Yep. So, it was kind of, but yeah, there was a nice little green, what was it, a Mustang? Mm-hmm. And see, what, what made me think of? Days of Confused. I could see that. Whenever get out of high school. I could see that. That's what that's what made me think of. But uh, we get introduced to a guy named Axel. And I didn't say anything because I didn't know if Randy would get the reference. So I just kept my mouth shut. Then Randy pointed it out. He says, why is he dressed like Tommy Jarvis? He looked just like yes. him. Yes. He had that, that blue jean coat on with the inline fur. <laughs> he had the blue jeans on. It, it, it was Tommy Jarvis. Yeah. That can't tell me any different. That's where they stole that outfit from. I don't, I don't <laughs> care. If... I don't remember what came out first. If this came out first or Friday the 13th. This came out first. Okay, then Friday the 13th stole that style from this Friday dude. Friday 13th part six. They, they stole yeah. Tommy Jarvis's outfit from this guy because this dude was dressed just like him. <laughs> Which we're going to have to review that because that's my favorite Friday the 13th is part oh, six. Lord. Shut up. <laughs> so they're all, they're all heading to town and we get introduced to the town's name. There's a big sign that says, Welcome to Valentine Bluffs. A small town with a big heart. Yes. And we start off, we get there, and all the kids are having fun. And then now we're introduced to the mayor, which they really never even say his name. They just call him mayor. Yep. And he gets, and like I said, 
there was so much happening at the beginning of it that I may skip a few things, but I know the kids get there. We meet the mayor. We meet uh, Mabel. Mabel. Now, she was not married to either one of them, right? She wasn't I, I don't think so. Later on in the movie, she gives a Valentine's Day or a Valentine's to the Chiefs. I don't think she had anybody in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think she was just kind of like, I mean, because in the first scene, in the open, when they open up and they go in there, all the kids are in the, uh, the hall decorating everything for the Valentine's Day dance. Right. And they kind of goof around with her. So it's, it's almost like she was more like the town mom. Yeah, I had to, I yeah. had to kind of have that little town mom and grandma feel to her. Well, I know she's super excited about uh, this is the first dance they've had in I don't know how many years. 20 years. 20 years. 20 years. And the mayor even said, let's not mention that it's been 20 years. So he was kind of trying to push off all the mystique that he right. could, you know. And it's funny because we get introduced to the, the prankster of the movie, Howard. Mm-hmm. She opens the door and he comes out and he's, I guess he's got, it looked like frosting and like. It was paint. Was it paint? I think so. He comes out and he's like freaking screaming. And it looked good. It, it, it made me laugh, good. but I, you know I chuckled at it. But he scares the mayor, he scares the chief, and he scares uh, uh, Marble. Mabel. Mabel. I'm sorry, Mabel. What am I? I thought. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he scares them, and it just shows, like he said, the the kids are helping her out, mm-hmm. getting the prom or not the prom, the dance all decorated and all this stuff. Well, now. The mayor gets a valentine. Mm-hmm. You know, you think it's a box of chocolates. And he gets into the truck with the chief. I don't remember where they were going. I don't, I don't know if it ever said where they were going, honestly. <laughs> this, I, when I seen this scene, <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind was, oh, no. Because all I could think of, and I know Randy's going to be like, don't even say it. All I could think of was killer clowns. I was like, please don't tell me the acting's going to be bad like killer clowns. <laughs> But the I'm tired of you hating on my movie. I love the movie, man. Oh my gosh. But the chief is driving, and the mayor is sitting in the passenger seat, and he's got this Valentine's. Well, he opens it up, and I, I don't remember what the card actually said. I know it says something about your heart. Something to the effect of remember what happened 20 years ago or something like that. Yeah. And when he opens it up, there's an actual heart. This dude's reaction... He was no. He was so nonchalant about it. Uh, oh no! Oh no! It can't be happening again. It can't be. <laughs> it was like he just smoked a big fat doobie. You know, he was just like, no. Cheech or Chong could have played that part perfectly. Oh my gosh! And the, the chief, like all of a sudden, he just stopped out of nowhere, and, he, and he's not flipping out. He's just looking over, like, what's going on? <laughs> you know, what's wrong, man? <laughs> what's going on, man? But. That, yeah, as soon as I seen that, I was like, oh, no, don't tell me that's how this movie's going to be. But they hurry up, and the chief spins the tr- uh, vehicle around, and they're heading back to town. Because they already know, okay, this ain't right. They haven't had a party in 20 years. Nothing like this has happened in 20 years. And now, all of a sudden, it's happening again. And that's all the mayor keeps saying is, not a, or, what's he saying? Uh, not again. Not uh, again. This can't be happening. This can't be happening. But it's really the first time you get an ink. Like an idea of something in this town's past. Right. Because you don't really find out the whole story of what he's talking about up until a few minutes later. Yeah. So then we cut to a bar, which is named The Cage. And it's just all the the guys hanging out. I keep wanting to say the kids, but they're not obviously. No, yeah. It's guys and their girlfriends, really. Right. 
and they're all hanging out at the bar just having a good time and the bartender keeps telling them you know you shouldn't be happy you shouldn't be celebrating valentine's day you shouldn't be doing uh the dance and they're all he's they're all like ah you tell your old fairy tales and he's like this ain't a fairy tale i'm warning y'all that was like something big in the 80s there was in the 80s horror films there was always a creepy old man that was like you're doomed or don't do this it's cursed it was always their way of introducing why you should be afraid Right, like it was. If there was a story to be told, it was going to be a creepy old man telling the story. That's right. kind of what this one was. So he he tells the story about twenty years ago. Uh, Harry was his name Warden. Warden. Yeah, Harry Warden, and was it four other people were down in the mine shaft? I thought he said it was five. There was, there was five altogether. Yeah. Yeah, and the two supervisors did not check on them, did not do what they were supposed to do, and they just kind of like left them down there. Right. And did they shut the? They shut it down or what? They they just left them. They just left them all together. And then in the flashback, it shows them kind of walking around, and I think somebody used like a lantern or something. Yeah, and yeah. it exploded, and it caused the mine to collapse. Right. But then as he's telling the story, he's basically just saying that they were down there for like six days or mm-hmm. something like that, and then that they were digging them out, and they finally got to them. And the only one alive was Harry Warden. So then it shows, and he says, the bartender says, I was the one that found him. So he goes through there, and all he sees is light flash on this guy, and he's sitting down there, and it looks like he's eating somebody's arm. Yeah, he was. It, I couldn't tell if it was an arm or a leg. I couldn't, it was a piece of A piece human. of flesh. Yeah, a piece of flesh. And he, he just looked crazy. So that was the whole story with what happened with Henry Warden as far as what caused him to go crazy. Right. So then you come to find out that that he goes crazy, they go to go to lock him away. Well, he ends up getting out. I think. Does he? Do they lock him away first? Yeah. And then he gets out. He puts the mining suit on and he kills the two supervisors because he felt like they were responsible. Right. Yeah. So then he gets locked away permanent. Mm-hmm. And that was twenty years ago. Twenty years ago to that day, wasn't it? To right about. Valentine's it was on day. Valentine's Day. So yeah. yeah. So, and the kids ain't taking them serious at all. They're just like, yeah, whatever, you know. Right. And he keeps telling the town, it's a town curse. Mm-hmm. So there goes back to the reference of when you're wanting to tell a story, it's always you're doomed, you're cursed. You right. Know? So we get introduced to uh, TJ. TJ. And then his ex-girlfriend, Sarah. And you, as soon as I seen TJ, as <laughs> soon as I seen that dude, he was just, because like the first few scenes, he's just standing in the corner mm-hmm. watching as soon as I seen TJ, I was like, that's the killer right there. Well, he's got that, he, he, had, he was pale skinned. Yep. He had dark sunken eyes. He yep. looked like a serial killer. Mm-hmm. He, had the, he had the, you know, the Night Stalker haircut. He just looked like a serial killer. And so you could tell that there's some beef between him and Axel. Yep. And that you don't really know quite what it is yet. And TJ's over there, I I don't know what he's playing. It never really shows. He's throwing something with his hand. It's almost like, I, I, I say it's as close to carpet ball, but it's almost like disc hockey or something like right. that. And Sarah gets to get up because now she's dating Axel. Yep. And Axel's like, what are you doing? She goes, I want to play some music. So she goes over to the jukebox, and now her and TJ start talking, and now you realize, okay, TJ and Sarah used to be a couple, and now she's with this dude. But all she ever says, you ever hear from TJ... 
about TJ is that he left and he didn't come back for a long time. She didn't hear from him. Right. But I noticed something, and I may be wrong, but I kind of chuckled at it. They're sitting there talking, and she's getting him, you know, pretty heated because he's like, I know you want me back. Right. You know, I want to be with you. But when he gets his coat to walk out, he turns around, and it looks like he has to walk around the cameraman. I didn't know if you caught that or not, but I did. It was like he turned around, and he was like, oh, 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 there's a camera there. Yeah, and he had to cut around. And and he may have been going around the table. I don't know. But it the way it was shot, it looked like the camera. So they they set that up really well as far as, okay, TJ, he's off in the corner. He's watching all the his uh, so-called buddies, and they're having a good time. He's never seems to be happy. And he always seems to be watching, I mean, like a killer. Yeah. Like he's stalking somebody. So they set that up perfectly. And I like movies that... Make you think, right? I really do. I See like what it. I what I really like about that scene is they give you the two different backstories in the same scene. They give you the backstory of the town with the killer and Henry Warden, and then in the same scene, just a couple of seconds later, they give you the backstory between the the three main characters, right? Axel, TJ, and Sarah. So they kind of give you all the backstory you need to actually understand the movie, right there. Yep, which I thought was I thought was really cool. So while it started fast, it kind of summed everything up in one scene. And I, I, I forgot to mention when it cuts to the bar scene, the uh, as soon as it starts, it shows Axel, and this is kind of how we get introduced to him more, but his personality. Yeah. But it's Axel, and across from him is Stash, as you call Stash. him. Stash. And they're just staring at each other, and they got the knife, and they're doing the whole little. I used to do it in school with a yeah, pencil. Yeah, you know, you poke around your fingers, you don't look, until you, and they're just going faster and faster, and then Axel cuts his finger, you know, but... Flips off Hollis. Yeah, yeah. So, you see Axel, and you're like, oh, okay, he's a down-to-earth guy, you yeah. know, so... But anyway, we cut to... Uh, now they're at the coroner's office, and the coroner comes in, and it's the mayor and the chief together, and they're like, yeah, this is a human heart. And they're like, it's a female, possibly around, what they said, like 30s, early 30s? Something like that. I believe that's yeah. what they said. And which was the woman from the the beginning with the credits. And so now they know, okay, we've got a killer on our hands. They're, they're 100% convinced that it's Harry. He's, he's returned from the mental hospital. Well, as the scene opens up in the coroner's office, the chief is actually on the phone. And you, you, do, you can't really tell who he's talking to. Well, then, as that scene kind of progresses, they start talking about the heart. Then they start talking about Harry Warden. And then the coroner says, well, he's been locked up in, in, in the asylum for 20 years. Right. And he's still locked up, right? And then the chief and the mayor kind of look at each other and he's like, we're going to find out tomorrow morning. So, apparently, they were on the phone with the mental hospital trying to get information on Henry, Harry Warden. And they weren't going to be able to find anything out until the next day. Right. So that was kind of like, you kind of get an idea that they're they're working on who they think it is anyway. So now we go to like the real first, well, it's not the first death scene of the movie, but it's first like stalking. We we, we cut to a laundromat and uh, Mabel. yeah, Mabel, she's uh, doing laundry and it kind of looks like she's also got everything decorated, you know, mm -hmm. for Valentine's Day. And we know that it's the killer because you can hear him breathing through his mask. And he's just watching her, watching her movements and everything. Well, she goes off into the back room and he comes in 
And I do like the camera work. Hey, it's yeah. like through his eyes. Right. You see his hand push the door open. He comes in. He sets the box of chocolates down. And he turn and he looks at a heart. I thought he was going to turn the heart upside down, but he just looks at it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, then Mabel comes back and she sees the box of chocolates. So she starts to open it, and there's a little card in, or card on it. And it says, "Roses are red, violets are blue. One is dead, and so are you." And all of a sudden, the lights start flicking on and off, and here he comes. He pops out. Uh, I don't know. I like one thing I really like is they were not afraid to show the killer. Yeah. Like not the guy, but I'm right. talking. It wasn't like a traditional. 80s movie where all you saw constantly was the, the axe going up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like he was attacking her and she was, she put up a fight. I mean, for her being her age. Yeah, she was flinging them laundry doors and <laughs> dryer and washer doors open and trying to pop them out. But it, it doesn't actually show what he does to her, does it? I know she falls to the ground. She's going to the back room and he picks the uh, axe up. And he swings it at her, but it doesn't show it. Yeah, it just it just shows him swinging it, and then they cut to the outside of the laundry mat. Right, right, that's right. Well, then after it cuts from that, it goes to it looks like a salvage yard, mm-hmm. and all the guys were they cooking on the car? It looked like they were cooking on the engine of the car. Okay, they kept talking about food and touching the food and messing with it. At first, I thought they were working on the engine; they broke down or something. But then they kept talking about food, and I think they were cooking on the engine of the car. We well, you see. Uh, I think it's Axel sitting in this little yep. car. Well, mm-hmm. then TJ comes in. It looks like this is the only way to get in. You know, it, through you that know, car. Yeah, yeah. This is where Axel is dressed up as Tommy Jarvis, by the way. Yes, one hundred percent Tommy Jarvis. So TJ comes up, and now, like I said, you can tell there's beef between the two guys, yep. and they start arguing over Sarah. You know, TJ's like, "She's still my girl. She still wants me," and he's like, uh, "Things have changed since you've been gone. She's with me now." And just constantly bickering, which will take place through the whole film. Yep. And, of course, Stash, he's always the guy that just brings the peace. Stash reminds me of me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's just, the, his personality, he, he's he's the life of the party. But people, like, when he talks, people listen. Right. Nobody listens when I talk, but anyway. What'd you say? I said nobody listens when <laughs> I talk, but anyway. So it cuts to... Uh, it says now Friday, February thirteenth. Friday the thirteenth. Dun dun dun. Did not realize that. I didn't realize that till just now. And now the chief is calling the mental hospital, and they're trying to figure out what happened to Harry. And I think she. This is where she actually tells him that uh, she doesn't know exactly what's yeah. what's happened. You so know, they had no record of him right in the last twenty years, and. He's getting upset, and that this is the scene I think actually where what you were referring to will go is where he says, "Well, call me back and let me know yeah. when you find out something. I need to know." Well, it cuts from that to the chief looking for Mabel, and I didn't. I, I guess it never clicked with me when he walks into the laundromat. He's smelling the air. I thought he was just because I mean, if you've been in a laundromat, you smell or you smell soap and you know. I, as soon as he walked in and I seen those dryers going, first thing that popped in my head, she's in one of them dryers. And then I seen him kind of sniffing the air, and I was like, "Oh, she's cooking, she's cooking, she's in one of them dryers." Sure enough, well, he goes all the way to the back room to where she uh, she was murdered at, and doesn't see anything sus- suspicious. So when he turns around, 
that's when he starts noticing all the uh, hearts are turned mm-hmm. upside down. And he goes to one of the dryers, he opens it up, and he pulls out this big thing of laundry, and he's just dragging it, you know, to the table. Mm-hmm. And he don't he smells it at first. Yeah, because he thinks it's coming from that dryer. Right. And I don't remember. Does he open the other dryer? I think it just pops open. And there she is. She's God. cooked, head flung out, and she's she's just this side of crispy. All she needed was a brown hat and a red and green sweater, mm-hmm. and it looked like Freddie popped out of that. It really did. I mean, that the way her her face and stuff looked, it did look like that. And the way it cut so quick. I mean, you see her, but it's like if you blinked, you missed it. Yeah. And. You know, to me, that was either like, because I, I didn't I didn't go back and pause it or nothing. But to me, it was like either the makeup didn't look as good. So they were like, let's just show them real quick. What, right. You know, or maybe it was a, a rating where they couldn't show it. Well, through the whole movie, there's a lot of times where they do these kills, but they don't show them. Right. So it could very well be the, the whole, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember what this was rated. This was back in. It was our. Yeah, I know this was back in 81. So it really, you know, times were different then. You know, what you can show now in a movie and what you could show back then. Right. A little bit different. But there were a lot of kills in this that they never really showed you what happened. You can assume what happened. They give you just enough to you know what happened, but mm-hmm. they don't show it. So now we're back in the mine and uh, TJ and Axel, again. Going at it. They're going at it. Um, they're actually working. And they actually start getting a little physical and... Hollis breaks it up. Old stash. Yeah. You know, like you said, he's just calm, cool, collective. Peacemaker. So, and every time they get into it, it just more and more, it's the way they focused on TJ. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's, his eyes, man. He has those, like, crazy, I'm going to kill you if you look at me the wrong way eyes. Right. Just, he was, from the very beginning of the movie, he was the killer. Yeah. No question about it. Just from the way he looked. And we, well, we go back now, and it's back at the uh, laundromat, and you see just a uh, quick glimpse of Mabel's body laying there all crispy and stuff. Yep. And the chief looks at, I guess, the coroner or whoever he's talking to, and he goes, she had a heart attack, and that's what we're going to tell everybody. There's no reason any of this needs to get out. And he's talking to the mayor as well, and right before they take her body off, he pulls the curtain or the sheet off of her, and he sees a Valentine's Day card in her chest. And I thought that was pretty creative. The heart, you know. Yeah, the heart cavity. Yeah. So he pulls that out and he opens it. And it says, it happened once, happened twice, cancel the dance, or it'll happen thrice. That reminded me of Leprechaun. Yeah. It, 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 that's it. the first thing that popped in my head when he said thrice. Because the only other movie I've ever heard him say thrice in was Leprechaun. Yeah. So it's just, that's the only thing I could think about. So, this next thing kind of made me laugh was, it, it just cuts out of nowhere, TJ, now he did get, when him and Axel got into it, they told him to go home. Yeah. So, he done, went and got showered, so he's all dressed while everybody else was still working. It shows him walking out of a convenience store or something with Sarah, and she's like, I don't want to go with you. And she's laughing, he's like, I just get in the car. She's like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, she's like, yeah, whatever. If somebody don't want to go, she got in the car pretty easy. So she he takes her to like this lake, and of course this is the they always got to have a sappy scene. The music's playing in the background, and he's telling her he loves her, and she's like, "Why didn't you write me?" And he's like, uh, "God knows I wanted to." Right there, that again made it sound like okay, this dude was in a mental hospital. He could not write her. They wouldn't. Let, I mean, 
this was going through my mind. What did you think about it? I'm like, I just thought it was a perfect scene for Jason to pop up out of the water and kill both of them. So your mind was in the gutter. I mean, it was just like, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just like those sappy love scenes in those movies. The way they do them, they just, that was, to me, that was the corniest part of the whole movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Without question. I don't know if they wanted it to be that way or not. But I, I, I know why they did it, because they wanted you to see the interest that Sarah still had in TJ, that TJ obviously had in Sarah. Right. So it was kind of like, it was just kind of one of those, let's take a break from the tension real quick. Let's show you that these two care about each other. They end up kissing. But it was just like, that was the only part of the movie that I didn't like the music on. Right. Because yeah. you go from all this, the the good music in the past, you know, before this, and then you just do these violins and, you know, it's... They set it up to where if me and you was watching it and... Like our wives come in and saw that part, they'd be like, "Oh, we oh, watch it." So sweet. Is this the notebook? No, yeah, yeah, not the notebook. This is, this is the intermission. This is bathroom break. That's when you tell them yes, and then when they watch it and they see somebody get their head decapitated, they're like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, exactly. But uh, <laughs> uh, so the next thing now it's night time in town, and Sarah's walking like she's upset because. You know, she don't know how to break it off with Axel. Right. And before it shows her walking, TJ's in the bar again. And then Axel comes in. He's like, you seen uh, Sarah? And he's like, it ain't my turn to keep an eye on her or keep a watch or whatever he right. says. Well, then it cuts to Sarah walking. And I thought this was it for her. Because the music was picking up. And I was like, oh, she's about to get her head cut off right. or something. And she's crying, talking about how, you know, how am I going to tell Axel that. So apparently she is leaving him. She had planned on it. And all of a sudden, she turns around. She hears a noise. When she turns around, there's a big old light in her face making you think it's the killer with the big light on his head. Yep. And it ain't nobody but the chief. With a giant flashlight. Yeah, this flashlight dude was like three feet long. God. It was huge. Like, I know I've seen a lot of movies. It looked like a flashlight. You know how you see those satire movies where it's like a doofy from... uh, Scary movie? Yeah. It reminded me of a flashlight that Doofy would carry. Yeah. Because it was like this long. He is holding it by the... And it looked like he could just knock you out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it cuts back to the bar and they're all, and all the uh, the guys and gals are talking about doing a party. And TJ, now he's upbeat. So now he totally did a 180 from oh, yeah. the first part of the film he's got what he's wanted so far yeah so now he's happy and he's like hey let's have a party in the mine and he's like it's got everything we need so they decide yeah they're gonna do the party well the bartender is like back at it again no you don't need to do the uh uh party at the mine you don't need to have a party period and they're just telling him pretty much screw off you know Mm -hmm. so then it cuts over to the bartender i thought he was dressed like uh, it looked like it looked like he was. He had the cover on, didn't he? And what he's doing is he's got it where when they open the door to the, whatever that mine is or whatever they're going to, he's got a coal miner's suit with a, a axe in its hand. When you open it, the rope pulls the hand up. It looks like it's about to cut you. Yeah. And the whole time he's just doing a stupid laugh. And he opens the door like four or five times to make sure the axe actually moves. Yeah. But like the whole time he's like, <laughs> like the whole freaking time. It's so stupid. And uh, he finally walks off. And did he hear something or was he just going back to do it again? I think he was just going back to do it again because he started laughing again. And he turns around. He reminded me of the uh, Wicked Witch from Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. 
He looked creepy too. Yeah, he did. But he turns around and goes to the door and he opens it for the last time. And now, instead of the dummy being there, it's the actual killer. And dude, he freaking sticks that pickaxe through the bottom of his jaw, his chin. And it starts dragging him. Yes. And it, it did. It looked good. Now, they did show that one, but it was real quick. Yeah. But when he's dragging him, yeah, that looked really good. So there you go. Bartender's gone now. As soon as that happens, it cuts. It says Saturday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. They all show up. All the uh, I keep wanting to call them kids, but they're not kids. All the uh, guys and gals, they show up at the mine, and now they're laying out all the drinks. They're getting everything ready because they're going to have this party. Well, it cuts to the chief, and he's talking, it looks like, to his deputy. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he sees a box of chocolates. And he's like, well, who, who brought these? He's like, oh, somebody dropped them off for you. I don't know. They were here earlier. And he's uh, and one thing that reason I didn't think it was going to be something scary is because... Because it's wrapped. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad you yeah. noticed that. Yeah. That's the first thing you probably might have like, it's not going to be a heart because it's wrapped. So he starts to unwrap it. And he's like, really slow, you know. And he sent the deputy out of the room. And he pops it open and ain't nothing but chocolates. And... Uh, <laughs> uh, kind of made me feel sad, though. Why? Because it was from Mabel. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. She wanted to be his valentine. Yeah, she even put on there, be my valentine's. It makes me sad. Yeah, he's like, oh, Mabel. (laughs) (laughs) So now we go back to the party, and I, the guy's name's Dave, yeah. He's sitting there, and he's like, man, I've got the munchies. So they're all out there having fun, drinking and stuff. Well, he goes in, and they're boiling hot dogs on the uh, stove, a big old pot. And out of nowhere, as he's getting a hot dog, he turns around, there's the killer, grabs Dave's face, and just shoves it in that boiling water, and it cuts real quick. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know he's dead, but, you know. It doesn't show it. Yeah. Right. I mean, you see his face go in. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. But he was clearly clearly not going to make it. I, and here was a scene right here that I, I wanted to discuss with you. When it cuts away real quick... You hear these dogs argue, or arguing. You hear these dogs growling in the uh, <laughs> in front of the police station. Well, the chief comes out, and you can see there's blood everywhere, and there's blood on this uh, Valentine's Day box. Yep. And these three dogs are going at it, man, tearing each other apart almost. Okay, you tell what you saw when he. Oh my gosh! The the chief walks out and he sees this box and he sees these dogs, so he starts walking towards it, and one of these dogs jumps. Like, goes into a straight attack mode on this chief. I don't know if this was supposed to happen. If they just found a feral dog and said, hey, just grab that dog and put him in there. This dog almost took the chief's leg off. And they didn't—they never cut the camera. It they was never cut the it camera. It was one shot. And, I, I mean, I've seen, I've seen two dogs going at it, and I've seen the way a dog's body will move. That dog was ready to take somebody out. And his reaction was perfect because he was like, hey, like, I mean, yeah, like legit. But he never took his eyes off that dog once it did it. Never did. And and I, I was wondering, I might have to go back and watch it again to see if he jumped at all. Because that's what I want to know is if he jumped back like he was freaked out. You know, right. he wasn't sure what was going to happen. <laughs> but it was, oh, it was hilarious that the way that dog was acting. Like I said, if they would have cut the camera, then you'd be like, okay. But, but he kept his eye on that dog the entire time. So he goes, picks the box up, and he opens it again. Does, does it show him opening it? Yeah, he picks it up. He oh. looks at his hand because he, he's got blood on his hand after that, and opens it up. And another heart. Was it another heart? Was it a heart? I don't remember. It was a bloody box. Had to have been a heart. I don't know. It yeah. was something in there. It was something bloody. <laughs> right. 
But it's anyway. been a heart in every other box. It might as well have been in that one. Okay, we'll just call it that then. That's fine. Yeah, it was a heart. <laughs> so we go back to the party, and uh, Axel walks in with Sarah. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of looks over at TJ. Well, this causes a big uproar because TJ's over there playing pool, and Axel's dancing with Sarah, and pretty much he's force, forcing her to dance, and he's just kind of ru- trying to rub it in mm-hmm. TJ's face. Well, this is the first time we actually see him go to blows, and Axel gets the best of TJ in this. He popped him. Mm-hmm. And... uh. I believe old Stash comes over there again. Stash puts them both in the daggum headlock. Yeah, he put the crossface chicken wing on both of them. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. He, he had one of them by the head. He had the other one by the arm. And he was he was calming them down. Stash is a tough dude. And like I said, Stash is Hollis. So just let y'all know. He he became our favorite character. Yes. And, but the next thing kills me, it's, it's Axel walking out. And he's drinking a beer. And he sits down in this corner. And he's... It's just the way he throws that beer back in, the, you know, in his face, and then he, and then the camera comes up on him, and he's got two tears he's coming just down. Crying. He's crying. I was like, okay, but, um, and then we cut to a couple that John and uh, Sylvia, yep, which haven't even been major players in the film. Mm-mm. Um, they're making out. They're actually in the mine shaft. And you're landing. I, I don't think they were landing a cart, but they no. were landing something that looked like. You should hold something. Right. And they're out there making out. I like what she's like, uh, you know what we need? And he's like, yeah, baby, I got one right here. And he pulls it out. It's a condom. <laughs> yeah. But she asks him about all the clothes that are uh, above above their head. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you pull a string and, the, you know, it comes down. Uh, is that their work clothes? Is that what that I was? I think it is. I think it's their uniforms. And, yeah, you pull the, you pull the rope and then the whole uh, bodysuit comes down. I mean, it would be pretty creepy at night if you oh, saw it looked, something like that. It looked creepy, yeah. And I think she says, no, we need some beer. Mm-hmm. So he gets up and he tells, you know, I'll, I'll be back. And that's what he said. John said this thing you never say in scary movies. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. So John gets up to go get uh, the beer. While he's there, um, he goes into the kitchen and there's two girls at the uh, boiling water with the hot dogs in it. Mm-hmm. They start pouring more hot dogs in there. What? One of them says, "What is this?" And they pull it up. That was uh, a boiled heart. That was uh, Dave's heart. And he, when she says that, when the I don't even know the blonde headed woman's name. When John opens the refrigerator door to get the beer, he doesn't notice Dave is in the fridge. Yeah, he. T- they say that as soon as he opens the door, so he turns around, looks at them, and just reaches in and grabs the beer. Doesn't even look in the refrigerator. Right. But there's Dave's melted face. Sitting. I thought that played pretty good. I thought it looked good too. And the heart, the heart killed me because they they had it all gray looking. I mean, it looked like what it would look like if you just boiled the heart. Right. So. Anyway, so they still don't know that was a heart, and they don't know, and he, they don't know that Dave's body is in there. So, while he's getting a beer, Sylvia is still laying in the mine shaft. I really wish they would have showed this death scene. Oh, it, it, was the, it was my favorite death scene in the entire movie that we never got to see. Right. Um, but she's laying there, and she's starting to hear noise, and she's like, John, is that you? And all of a sudden, she hears the shower coming on. And then one of the clothes falls, and she's like, look, if you're, if you're, doing, if you're just trying to scare me, you're doing a hell of a job, pretty yeah. much. And 
the other sh- they show all the showers are coming on, and all of a sudden, all the clothes, the uniforms just start dropping from the sky. You know, all the ropes are being pulled, and she's flipping out. Well, when she turns around, there's the killer, bright light in her face. He picks her up by her head and just walks her to the shower. As soon as he started walking in there, I knew what was happening. Yeah, because she's screaming bloody murder. Oh, my gosh. As soon as he walks in the shower, he just cuts away. Well, it, it, he's got her by the head. He walks up by the shower, and he kind of pulls her body to the right a little bit like he was fixing to throw her. Right. And it was cut away. And I, I knew right then what he did. Right. Like, I didn't know... I didn't know where he did it, but I knew what he did. Right. Well, then it shows John. He comes back, and he's like, uh, Sylvia? You know, he's looking for her, and he sees the shower going. He's like, oh, heck yeah. You know, and he's like, mm-hmm. he's unbuttons his shirt because he's like, okay, we're going to mess around in the shower. He's finna get some. When he walks into the shower, it only shows up from behind the view, but you can tell what. Go ahead. He had took her head and impaled her head. On the shower head. Because these are like makeshift showers. So it's like old rusted pipes that are jagged edged. on. The, so he jabbed her head. And it looked like the faucet was coming out of her mouth. It, yeah. And her, I mean, because you could see the side of her face and her mouth was wide open. But there was, you couldn't see the faucet. You could see the just, water. Yeah. That was so cool. That oh, was, dude. I wish. Like, if that movie had come out last year, they yeah. would have showed every bit of that. Oh, yeah. Without question. And I didn't even need to see the kill scene. I just wanted to see a front view of it. And just see what it looked like. Yeah. yeah but, that, but that was, again, that was... Maybe one, the, maybe that's the mystique and the mystery behind it. I right. Know, but, man. That, that, that was cool. That, I, that I, was I the best that. kill scene in the entire movie, and we didn't get to see it. So, John flips out, and he takes off. Well, now everybody's getting kind of bored, and um, Howard is the one, which he's kind of been the goofball of the whole movie. With some Austin Power teeth. Yes, bad. Horrible teeth. He's like, hey, guys, let's let's go on a mine tour. Let's go down to the actual mining. And, you know, and uh, Hollis is like, ah, I can be your guide. I'll take you. And I th- is it TJ that tells him, no, you shouldn't go down there? Like, the women shouldn't go? Yeah, TJ comes out and he says women aren't allowed in the mine. But sexist. Hmm. Mm, go figure. <laughs> but so they all decide they're going to go. So they're getting beer and covers and all this stuff. So they start heading down to the mine. Well, out of nowhere, they're already gone. They're mm-hmm. down in the mine shaft. I mean, it takes a while. It shows them getting into the little cart. Right. And they're going down. It's like a good five to ten minute little scene. And they said it was 2,000 feet, so. Yeah. So, back at the party, the two women that was in there boiling the hot dogs, they come running out screaming bloody murder. They found Dave's body in the fridge. And TJ's like, what's going on? Well, as TJ's hearing what they're saying... John comes through and he is shaking. He did a good job on yeah. that scene. Him yeah. and his unibrow. You never, yeah, exactly. You never know how guys are gonna act to a death scene. You always see a woman finding her man. She's screaming bloody murder. So whenever a guy finds a woman, you never really know how they're gonna act to it because if you overreact, it's you know it's kind of cheesy and corny. But I thought he did a really good job because he was shaking and he was just like he was kind of that quiet hysterical. Right. I thought it, I, yeah, I thought he did a really good job. So they know now that the killer's there. That you know they keep saying uh, Henry, right? Harry Ward. Harry. Why did I say Henry? Harry. Harry Ward. He's out there. So TJ's like, "Where's everybody?" At? They, and they tell him they're down there in the the mine shaft. So now he decides, okay, he's gonna go get them. And 
Axel sh- shows up, and they kind of team up. You know, they're, like, putting their difference to the side. They're like, look, we he's like, Sarah's down there with the rest of the gang. They're down there doing a tour. We need to go get them right now because the killer is here. <clears throat> Excuse me. So now they team up. They go get, they switched into them suits like Ghostbusters, like <laughs> quick. They got into their work gear with their headlamps and everything. They took off. And they both agreed, okay, I'll go this way. You're going to take this part, and we'll just meet back up. But their main focus is to save Sarah. Right. But, I mean, I know they want the other people saved, too, but their focus is Sarah to oh, get, yeah. you know. So it cuts down to the uh, the group, and there's Patty, Sarah, and Hollis, and they're just walking around, and he's he's showing them around. Um, Michael and Harriet. They're with them as well, but then they say, hey, give me about 10 minutes. They're going to go mm-hmm. off and do their own little thing, which they're not major players in the show, the movie either. No, so as soon as they said they were breaking off, I knew they were figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, so they're going to go find a spot, and he, he even called it. The dude was like, just give me 10 minutes. So he yeah. knows that, you know, 10 minutes, I'm done. It won't take me long. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> in and out. Yeah, so, so now that just leaves Hollis and Sarah and Patty, which Patty and Hollis is boyfriend, girlfriend. Patty was by far the cutest one. You think so? I think so. Anyway, they're sitting there walking, and he's, you know, taking them down. He's explaining to them, you know, we can't go down to this area. It's dead end. And out of nowhere, Howard's body falls down. Yeah. And they flip out. They scream. Well, it was just Howard just being goofy, uh-huh. just joking around. And right then, you were like, yep, he's got it. He's going to die. Yep. Well, they're all walking, and... You know, this is a few minutes after that. Well, you hear lights getting busted. And Howard's like, what is that? And it cuts to, and it it shows Harry. He's down there with him. The killer, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. And he's busting all the lights. And it kills me because they all turn around because they heard it. And then Howard's like, do you hear something? I'm like, clearly. Y'all, all all four of y'all turned around at the same time. The exact same time. You know, but... This is the part that bummed me out. Uh, Hollis says, I'm going to go look for uh, Michael and Harriet. I don't want to talk about this part. <laughs> well, they finally meet up. Uh, TJ finally meets up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, come on, we got to get out of here. Let's go. And Hollis, Aaron, uh, Patty, and Sarah, they're like, we can't just leave. Um, what, is the, what is the guy and the girl that left? Oh, Michael and Harriet. We mm-hmm. can't just leave them. And he tells Howard to stay with him. He says, and I'm going to go look for Michael and Harriet. This is Stash Hollis, whatever you want to call him. Well, he finds it, finds him. And it's funny because he walks in. He's like, hey, guys, this ain't time to be messing around. (laughs) And, of course, you see that Michael is on top of Harriet. And what was that sticking through? It looked like a giant drill bit. It it did. That's the only thing that I could think of that it might have been. And that had to be... Man, I don't know. That kill scene almost reminded me of uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Two. There's a couple in bed naked, mm-hmm. and they're making love or whatever. And is that where he uses the spear? Yes. Yeah, and that's kind of what it reminded me of too. So I just think that's kind of neat, but I don't know. I can't remember. I think this came out before that Friday Thirteenth. Don't get me lying. Well, I know Friday Thirteenth came out in 1980, the original one. The second one, I don't remember what it came out though. Gotcha. But anyway. Off that subject. Uh, so I'll let you go ahead and explain this death scene. No, I don't want to do it. Stash. All I put was Hollis death scene. Nailed. 
Yeah, that's exactly what it was. So Hollis sees the, these two bodies laying on, like one laying on top of the other. And he just puts his hand over his mouth like he's freaking out. And all of a sudden it shows the killer's hand and it looks like he's loading something. And it, it and from the sound of it, he's, you know, cocking it like it's a gun or something like that. Well, Hollis drops his lamp and he goes to turn around with his light and he's got a light flash in his face. It's the killer. The killer's got a nail gun and just pops him in the head a couple of times with it. And Hollis, being the stash man he is, he walks away, getting away from him, makes it all the way back to the other group. To see his girl one last time. To see his lady one last time. And he falls over. Dead. They killed Stash. Yeah, I was like, dang. I was hoping, man, he's going to kick out. Well, me and you even said when he said he was going to take off, we was like, oh, don't please don't kill Stash. Please don't kill him. But they killed him. But that's good because that shows that he did his job well as that character. Yeah, yeah, he did a really good job. He was a tough SOB, too. Yeah, he was. Oof. So when he falls down dead, Howard uh, leaves Patty and Sarah. He just takes off. But here's the thing is, TJ was with him, and TJ left to go he- go find a way out. And he told Howard, do not leave Patty and Sarah. Mm-hmm. Well, he takes off. Well, now Axel shows up. And uh, he gets Patty and Sarah, and he's like, where's Howard at? And they're like, oh, he went down. He left. Yeah. So they're trying to find a way out, and we knew what was happening here. They're sitting there creeping around a corner, while all of a sudden, on the right-hand side, you can see that here comes a silhouette of somebody walking. Coming down uh, on the other side of the wall, there's another corridor, so they can't really see it, but they see a light kind of jiggling, so they know somebody's coming. Right, and Axel tells them to stay there, and he picks up this big old log. And we knew who it was. You know, oh, it was yeah. TJ. Here, come, here he comes. Boom. He nails TJ in the stomach. And he, TJ <laughs> hunkers over. He's like, what in the heck? You know. <laughs> but th- that was a pretty good. Like I said, they did it so well as far as Axel was there. Well, then he was gone. TJ was there one night. He's gone. It was like every time one of them was gone, the killer popped was, up. Yeah. So that's what we were sitting there talking about. Because the whole movie, we thought, both of us thought TJ was the killer. But then, and then... Axel disappears, and then the killer shows up. So then they make it they make it really seem like it could be either one of them. Right. You never know. One of them's gone, the killer shows up. The other one's gone, the killer shows up. Yeah, it's it's like back and forth. Well, they finally make it back, because so now it's all four of them together. It's TJ, Axel, Patty, and Sarah. Yep. They all make it back. And I will say real quick, we, we didn't mention it, Patty's acting was really good when she didn't want to leave uh Hollis laying there. Yeah, she she was like distraught like but it was it was yeah, she did a really good job. Yeah, she was like we can't just leave him. I don't want to leave him here. And I I like that. That reminded me of Wrong Turn. I don't know if you've ever seen Wrong Turn. I don't think so. Uh, well, anyway, that's <laughs> it. Mm, need to watch it. But anyway, um add it to the list. We done reviewed it. Me and I'm dead, did, yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. Well, dang it. <laughs> but anyway, they get to the... Uh, so they all four make it to the elevator, and the control box is smashed. <clears throat> so TJ's like, look, we we can't use the elevator now. It's all messed up. And so they have to, what, manually, like, they have to physically... Yeah, there's, a, there's a ladder off to the left. So they go there, and they find them all bust up. So then they decide to take the ladder. Yeah, and... Who is it? Patty? She's scared to death of heights? Scared to death of heights. So they have to start climbing this ladder to to get up to the uh, the exit, I guess you could say, or yeah. the entrance, whatever you want to call it. And I don't know. The way she just kept flipping out, I'd be like, you know what? 
you're out. Boo you. We're, we're going to throw you off. Yeah, it really was the only time I found her annoying. <laughs> when she was climbing up that dagger ladder. Yeah, you think she's the cutest, but at that moment, you'd be like, look, look, wanks. <laughs> you go ahead and knock it off. Like I said, I would have put her last when they started climbing. And you'd have left her. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so they're, <laughs> so they're heading up the ladder to, to finally escape. And as they're heading up there, Howard's body just falls down. Now, the way I saw it, he's hanging. Like, got the noose around his neck and everything. He gets thrown over. And but what to me what made it even better, he hits and then all of a sudden it's like you hear whoosh, and snaps his head off. Snaps his head clear off and his body just boom hits the ground. I thought that was pretty unique. I, th- I thought it was cool too. It, it's like you don't really get a good shot of who it is. You kind of know who it is anyway. But yeah, they did. That was a that was a really good kill. So they start climbing back down. All that way they made it up. Now they're climbing back down. Oh, we, we didn't mention uh, the reason uh, Axel wasn't there to climb the ladder is because he fell in some kind of, what was it, a six... Uh, no, he was on the ladder. Was that, it? Yeah, that was after. Oh, okay. So after yeah. Howard's death, mm-hmm. then they get down, they start trying to find another way out, and that's where yeah. TJ and the girls are in front of Axel, and then we hear Axel... I don't know, it's kind of like he was... Yeah, he tells them to go on ahead and then tells TJ to call for them when they get over. And they get over and then TJ calls back for them. And all you hear is Axel kind of grunt. Yeah. And then TJ goes back to look for them. They see the railing is broke. And they look and they see his light in the water. And it's like, she's like, we can't leave him there. He's like, it's 60 feet. You know, we can't do nothing. He's gone. Yeah. He's like, see ya. Yeah. So... So that was like, that was their hint at Axel being the killer. Right. Here in a couple of minutes, we'll see whether a hint was TJ's the killer. Yeah, because now it's TJ and the girls, and he, I oh, he tells them, because there's a, there's a split way, and he's like, follow this, stay against the wall, and just keep on going down to the left. He hangs to the right. Which I never understood. I didn't either. And then all of a sudden, as the girls were making their way down to the left side, you hear like all these rocks start falling and stuff. Well, they run back and TJ's gone. It's just a uh, dead end. So there's their hint at TJ's the killer. Yeah, so now it's like, okay, so TJ is um, the killer. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Every time the dude's by himself, something happens. Exactly. And uh, so they they start going, the girls, Patty and Sarah. And out of nowhere, the killer comes and gets Patty right in the gut oh, with man. that pickaxe. Hard to. And she had like the most peaceful death scene I've ever seen. Well, what killed me more with her death scene was how Sarah reacted to it. <laughs> like, she is like literally six inches behind Patty when she catches this axe to the gut. And then she turns to walk away and she's just, yeah, nope, she's not crying. She's not emotional. She's not freaking out. She's just as calm, cool, and collected. Yeah. You just That's saw like, your good friend die. Yeah. You're not Hollis. You can't act that way. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, can't do it. Well, so now she's on by herself, Sarah is, and out of nowhere, uh, we see a hand come up and it's TJ. And he scares her, and now she starts crying. Yeah. And they're looking for a way out. But you remember, I was like, was he wearing them gloves earlier? Yeah. You know, I don't know if he was wearing them or not, but I was like, wait a minute, did he have some gloves on earlier? (laughs) Because I'm still like, TJ's the killer. Uh TJ, it's got to be TJ. So anyway, TJ and Sarah are 
trying to find a way out. Well, as they're trying to find a way out, if it cuts to the chief, and I just I just wrote down the chief and town folks show up. Yeah. So they're outside of the mine. It's like okay, the cavalry's finally coming. A little too late, but they're finally coming. Yep. Okay, this is what's funny. They finally make it, TJ and Sarah, to the uh, mining cart. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, boom, out comes the killer. Well, they hit the switch. They got the power going. The cart starts going uphill. <laughs> the way, T- you know, Sarah gets in it, TJ dives in it <laughs> like he was diving in a pool. It's like all out of nowhere, you just expect to hear it. Ah! <laughs> yeah. And then you see the killer just gra- the killer just steps up on it. Like, no, no problem. Yeah, like, why'd you jump? Do-do, you know? Do-do, do-do. I will say this part was a little cheesy. They're fighting on it. Oh, my gosh. And I said they must have not have had uh, stunt people there. because they were like, y'all be really careful now because <laughs> it was just the way, like, I mean, it was a decent fight, but it was just when Axel, or not Axel, I'm sorry, when uh, TJ would get hit, it was just the way that <laughs> that he would fall and it was like slow motion where... There was one part where he got hit, and he was supposed to throw, like, the shovel to Sarah, and he just, like, here, take it. Like, he barely tossed it to her. The, the it was thing, like he didn't want to damage anything. He, the, could, he didn't want to take that fall, either. That's, oh, my gosh. When Whenever the killer hit TJ, and he goes to fall over, it's the gentlest <laughs> fall I have ever seen in my life. I even said it to you. It reminded me a whole lot of Austin Powers when... He is like falling on the bed after the bed spin. He's like, "Oh, I fell over. Yeah. Oh, I fell over again." That's exactly what it reminded me of. He's just kind of fake falling, right? But now, once they got off the uh, little cart, because they fell off, all mm-hmm. three of them got off. Then the fight actually got decent. Like they were sitting there. He had to pick uh, the killer had to pick X, and uh, TJ had the shovel, and they were sitting there going back and forth. Yeah. Well, Sarah come around, and he. Told her to go in this little, it said, do not enter. So they're trying to get away from the killer. You know, he's coming down. They get in there. The killer busts the sign down. He gets in there and they start fighting again. And it looks like she picks up like a big old rock or something. Mm-hmm. She nails the killer in the back of the, sh- like, more like the shoulder, like to me. Yeah. He turns around, pops her one. And now I guess TJ's finally pissed off enough. He gets up and does he take the mask off or is it Sarah that takes the mask off? I think off? it's Sarah that grabs it. Yeah, because. He gets knocked down. TJ does, and right before he's fixing to kill TJ, she grabs the mask. Sarah grabs the mask, revealing Axel. It's Axel. Actually, the entire Axel, time. Yes, which I was like, oh, okay, okay, yeah. I get this. And it does a quick flashback, and it shows that Axel seen his dad get killed by Harry. Uh, yeah, Warden. He was one of the ones that he was one of the supervisors that left. Um, Harry down in the mine shaft, right? Twenty years ago, but the little kid, like I said, he's hiding under the bed and he's got blood on him. I mean, shaking it. Yeah. So I mean, it would affect you, you know. But yeah. So now we know Axel is the killer, and of course, here comes the chief and the rest of the uh, cavalry. They're coming down a little, like I said, a little too late. And it's funny because TJ, when they <laughs> they come out, and TJ's like. <sighs> He's in there. Yeah. Like he just says it nonchalant. He's like, like it's no no big deal. Yeah. And the chief tells him, he's like, he tells TJ and Sarah, uh, Harry died five years ago. Yeah. And they tell him it was Axel. They're like, it's Axel. And they're like, yeah, it had to be. Harry died five years ago. And apparently the mayor knew that 
Axel's uh, dad was killed by her. Yeah. Yeah. And next thing you know, I thought this was a great way to end the movie. Um, they all get in. It's all the town folks. And I think the mayor and even the chief may be in there. But they're going through the rocks. And you can see where Axel's on the other side of the wall. And he just starts flipping out, going nuts. Yeah, his arm is sticking out. Like, he sticks his arm out after they move the rocks. One of the guys says, hey, he's alive. And so they come running back. And out of nowhere, I guess he ripped his arm off. I don't know. I don't know. But they look through this little hole. And he's walking with one arm. Bad mouthing the entire time. See, I never, I never saw. I thought he was just holding his arm. No, his arm was gone. Oh, okay. See, yeah, I didn't his see arm that was part. Completely ripped off. But I thought it was. It played it very well. His laughter and everything. I thought it was cool. It was freaky, and it, I like freaky in a good way because he was walking back, and then at the very end, he's like, "Sarah, will you be my bloody Valentine?" Yeah, <laughs> and do the laugh, and, and he slowly, you know, he's getting smaller and smaller because he's going down the, yeah. and he's like, "We're gonna stay down here," you know. And then it fades to black and credits roll. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was a really good way to end it because they ended it. As soon as it faded to black, they did that laugh again. Like they played the laugh again. So I thought it was really cool. So I, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought it was a really good film. I'm not going to lie. I was worried. Oh, yeah. I, I was ex- too. I was extremely worried. But I really dug it. I thought it was really cool. I enjoyed almost every bit of it. Uh, maybe except for the... Uh, Little lake scene, but I mean, but I, I mean, they always, you know, the lake scene and them killing Stash is going to knock off some points. <laughs> yeah. But um, if you're new to the podcast, after each episode, after we review the movie, then we finally give a rating. We used to do a five star rating, but we decided to go ahead and move that up to a 10. Give us some more room. Yeah. We started out on the 1408 episode, our last episode. Yep. So. You want me to go first on this one? Yeah, you go first. Okay. Well, first off, I'm going to point out some things. I really enjoyed this film because I felt like I never got the thing that, the feeling that I was watching an old movie. Right. I felt like this thing, the same movie we just watched, could have just come out a couple years ago. With updated graphics, yeah. Yes. I really enjoyed it. Um... And it caught my attention off uh, uh, right off the bat. So, out of ten stars, I'm going to give this a seven. And I'll tell you, the seven I will give it because got my attention off the bat. Never was boring. Like I said, it felt like an updated film. I mean, it did, except for the clothes and the style stuff yeah. like that. The score I liked. I liked the uh, backstory, which, you know, I like backstories and stuff. But I'm going to say my main thing, the reason why I enjoyed the film so much, I guess because of me guessing. The entire movie I was guessing. And I love films that make me go... Well, I don't know, dude. It may be this guy. No, it may be her. I don't know. Right. I really like that. Yeah. But yeah, out of 10 stars, I'm going to give My Bloody Valentine, the 1981 version, I'm going to give that a seven. A solid seven. <clears throat> I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to give it six. Okay. I'm going to knock off that one point strictly for not seeing the death scenes. Like, gotcha. There were... Yeah, the, the, 
the one death scene that you really saw was at the very beginning where he picks her up and he shoves her on the pickaxe. Right. Um, you don't see Mabel dying. You, you don't see my favorite death scene that I never got to see. You well, know, you, with the girl in the shower? Right. You see him shoving Dave's head into the pot of boiling water, but you never see him killing him. Right. They leave all the deaths to presumptions. To your imagination. Ha- exactly. Howard's is the only one that you can really see die. Because mm-hmm. you see him, his head snap off, basically. Yeah. And Patty. You see her. Yeah, but hers wasn't even really gory. Or wasn't nothing special it was just, about it. Yeah, it was just a pickaxe. And she was like, huh. Yeah, that's all <laughs> she did. And Hollis's, you kind of see, but he walks away, you know, being stashed. Right. And being all tough and stuff. So, um, yeah, so given. I'm going to say the death scenes and then the sappy lake scene. Just, no, no, I I can't stand that. (laughs) I'm so stupid. Well, and I get that scene. They were trying to show the the good side of uh, TJ. To make you think he's not the killer. Yeah. When he looks like a serial killer. Mm -hmm. He looks like Richard Ramirez. Night Stalker. 100%. (laughs) So, giving it a seven and giving it a six. I'll give it a six. And and folks, I'm just going to tell y'all. We don't discuss no, not the ratings, the ratings at all. I mean, we you know after we watch it, we may say, "Man, I really enjoyed that film," but as far as ratings and why we enjoyed the film, we wait till we get on this podcast and do it. So we don't ever really discuss the ratings with each other. Yeah, we we don't, and 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 I'll say like with this one, it's hard for me. I I like a whole lot of modern movies, so Mm -hmm. when I'm watching an older movie, it's got to be something that really holds my attention. And that's and it's kind of like you said. There were no boring parts. Like the right. movie had something. It you know, had a little bit of comedy in it, with the the characters and stuff being funny. They had the drama in it between you know the love drama, the triangle, mm-hmm. and they had the killing that you never got to see. But it was always something going on. Right. So that's one thing that I will say about this. It keeps your attention through the whole hour and a half. Yes, it did. And it, the movie was just long enough where it was like I'm satisfied. Right. So. I, I was very thrilled that I, I bought this movie because I, when I bought it on Voodoo, I was like, oh, dang. I was I, like, I will say, had this movie been a th- like 30 minutes longer, probably wouldn't have been as good. Yeah, because I felt like it was getting drug out. Yeah. That was something I was going to point out. And for the finale of the film to be so dark, and when I say dark, I'm talking like dark lit. Yeah. It never That never bothered me. I've watched some movies. Okay, the new Invisible Man movie. Mm-hmm. I know you haven't seen it yet. Like, I had to turn my lights off in my living room to watch it because it was so it was filmed so dark. I was right. like, I can't hardly see what's going on. I thought they did a good job on that. Yeah, and it it worked with it though because it's the whole mindset. Exactly. So it, you know, it, realistic. All they were wanting to see was their lights off their helmets. Right. But they had it lit perfect. Yeah. So just another good thing I liked about the film for sure. So. Anyway, uh, I know on our last podcast, we said we were going to do My Bloody Valentine, the 1981, and then we were going to do the remake, but we have changed that up because I really don't want to sit through the 3D version. And I've never seen it, and from what he said, I don't want to see it. So, Randy, take over. So going with not necessarily Valentine's, but going with the theory and the thought of love, we're going to be doing Johnny's absolutely like a movie with one of his all-time favorite actors mm. of all times, 
going with the theory of love, we're going to be doing Interview with the Vampire. <laughs> and I'm overly excited. It's one of my all-time favorite movies because I love it. Johnny is a huge fan of Tom Cruise. Boy, won't you laugh. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know how he's going to feel about it. He's never seen it. He's never seen this movie before. Nope. And I bought it and then watched it the day I bought it. And I'm getting ready to watch it again. I'm just... Uh, he's worried because it's two hours long. I don't like Tom Cruise. I'm not the biggest fan of Brad Pitt. I mean, I think he's an overrated actor. But my biggest thing on it is and I like Antonio Banderas I know he's in it mm-hmm. I don't like a lot of the vampire stuff I don't like the way they made him look in this film I mean when I think of vampires I think of like Lost Boys or Dracula something like that this to me I'm like what do you have me watch but at the same time you've never seen it when the vampires come out like you've exactly. seen the way they look now yeah. but once they get into the vampire mode <clears throat> no we talk about it like it's like a next level type stuff, but I, I'm gonna get him to watch it. Yeah, so I'm gonna fall that, in love with it. If I'm, I'm not gonna lie, if we weren't <laughs> doing this podcast, I'd have never gave this movie a shot. <laughs> but um, that's the thrill of doing this podcast, though, is that you know we I, we're both introducing each other to films that either we love or we hate. You know, this is my payback for him making me watch Jason Goes to Hell. I would watch Jason Goes to Hell way before I'd watch this movie again. Nope. But anyway, like I said, we've got a lot of stuff planned out. We're looking forward to uh, giving future uh, episodes. I mean, like we've even talked about right now we do a podcast every other week. We've even talked about eventually if it, if it, if it does just continue to grow like it is, maybe doing one once a week. Randy's wanting to do a YouTube video uh, podcast, and that's all on Randy. I'm just kind of... Want to see how our followers are going? We've got, we've just got, we come up like, seems like every time we get together, we come up with a new movie we want to watch. And it's just like, that's, that's 24 movies in a year if we do it every other week. And that's just not enough, I don't think. I think right. we're eventually going to have to start doing one a week. 52 movies, huh? I mean, I am down with that. And I, we've I'll, even, I'll take a vacation week and we can watch all of them in one week. There I mean, you go. And we've even talked about uh, doing like watch alongs. Yeah, like us watching, you know, let's just say Nightmare on Elm Street and the entire time us giving the commentary, you know, not having the music or not having the actual movie up where you can hear the movie. But watching a movie that we've both seen that we don't really have to nitpick, but we can just tell, oh, hey, did you know this? You know, and then you guys being able to listen to our podcast and watch it along with us. Right. Maybe we'd introduce y'all to some stuff that you didn't know was in the film or something, you know, but... Anyway, I enjoyed this episode. I did. I, lo- I, I really did like this movie. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I get leery when we watch older movies, thanks to Black Christmas now. Yeah. But I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was really good. Well, I think it's time to be signing off. So uh, <clears throat> remember to tell your friends, family, whoever loves anything to do with horror, to look us up, give us a, a like, subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. And as always, stay scared. Stay spooky.